KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. Flashpoint is sponsored by the Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Register today at DonorsOne.org. Easter Sunday is one of the holiest days of the Christian calendar, and the COVID-19 crisis is putting a big damper on Resurrection Sunday celebrations. The CDC, state, and local officials have all urged faith leaders to hold virtual services and to refrain from in-person gatherings. And in many states, gatherings larger than 10 people have been strictly forbidden, but some churches are defying these guidelines. They're citing religious reasons, and others say it's their First Amendment right to practice their religion and to assemble peacefully. Well, one North Philadelphia pastor has publicly said that he will open the doors of his church on Easter for services. The Reverend Dr. Herbert Lusk is pastor of Greater Exodus Baptist Church at Broad and Brown. He's a former Philadelphia Eagles player and a very prominent Republican. He's also African-American, so he's not afraid of being on the opposite side of an issue. Shout out to Janice Armstrong from the Philadelphia Inquirer for breaking this story. Here's my one-on-one with the Reverend Dr. Herb Lusk. Reverend Lusk, I reached out to you because I read that you would be having uh, services this weekend. Tell me what you decided to do and, and why. Well, I mean, because it's what I do. I mean, obviously, you know, pastors pastor and pastors shepherd their flock. And so I think part of my responsibility as a pastor is to make sure that I provide opportunities for those who don't have the access that others have to be able to worship. And I serve a lot of the underserved people in this city. And many of my critics have iPhones. Some of them don't. Many of my critics have internet. Some of the people who I serve don't. And so uh, it's important for me uh, to serve all of our folk. And the best way to do it is to those who have access to streaming and Facebook and YouTube. uh, We are basically broadcasting all of our services in that manner. But there's a small number of people who can't. And for those who can't, they will hear the voice of their pastor. And so you've taken some steps, though, to make sure that to the extent those people do want to partake in person at the church, that there are protections. Tell me what you've done. Without question, uh, no one cares more about my parishioners than I do, and I certainly wouldn't put them in a place where they're in harm's way. Uh, We're not going to allow any more than uh, 40, maybe 50 people per service. It's a church that seats about 700 people, so we'll be having three people to abuse each one of those services. And also, we're handing out masks for any members who don't have those masks and gloves. Um, And, you know, obviously, we believe that that we ought to take this pandemic seriously. And uh, we're taking every precaution to do so, including uh, biologically cleaning our church uh, with chemicals and things that have been approved by the CDC. Yeah. And so um, did you, the article came out yesterday, and did you get re- reaction to it? 
Oh yeah, well, I'm on the Sherry. I'm 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 clear on the fact that I'm on uh, the wrong side of this publicly, and so I just want to make sure that you know that and your listeners know that I understand how they feel. Many of us have lost our loved ones. I just got off the phone with one of my deacons who who is recovering now from Corona, and we rejoiced and we prayed and cried on the phone together. So I understand the pathos of this moment. And for those listeners who are listening to me, please understand I'm not being sensitive to your feelings, and I'm taking all this in consideration. But but I have a charge to keep. And um, I want to keep that charge, and I want to do it in such a way that no one is harmed. And um, do you do you have any concern for your for your own health? Uh, I, I've never given it a thought. Uh, I, I, I think that one of the benefits of living in, in America is that all the information we need on how to protect ourselves is available for us. And you know, I've followed. Uh, all the precautions. The only thing I haven't done is put on the mask, and my reason for that, well, I said one of the stupidest things in that article yesterday. I said the president didn't have on the mask. I don't know how I did that. But uh, the bottom line is uh, I was listening to the news, and someone asked him, was he going to wear a mask? And he says, I probably won't be wearing one. Uh, I'm certainly not acquainting myself with the most powerful men in the country. But Having said that, the only thing I won't have on is a mask, and the reason why uh, is because um, I can't speak with a mask on, and I'm going to have to preach. Uh, other than that, I will have my mask available. It'll be hanging on my on my neck, and I'll put it on when appropriate. Are you taking other precautions? Will there be like hand sanitizer and stuff available? Oh yeah, yeah. All those things are available in my church. Uh, along with gloves, it, it, I, honestly, my church is is safer than 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 a home that's uh, a thousand square feet. I mean, you're talking about fifty thousand square feet. You're talking about people scattered. Uh, you're talking about gloves. You're talking about face masks, um, and you're talking about a relatively brief service. I modify all my services, and <laughs> when I, I smile when I say this because we're used to doing service too. Uh, hour, sometimes two and a half, but they're modified to an hour of service. Uh, that's new, and I'm kind of enjoying it. I think I'm going to try to keep that modification after this uh, pandemic is over. Yeah, but you expect the bulk of your, your parishioners to be online. Oh, without question. We won't let any more than the number. There's only going to be a certain amount of people allowed to come in the building. We We have to be safe. Uh, the, the great majority of our people, the overwhelming majority of our people, will be online like they've been every Sunday for the last three weeks. And so um, you'll, but you said you'll let max forty. The city has said ten or less. Does it? What goes through your mind when when the directive is no group more than ten, and you're you're willing to let forty in? Uh, forty, maybe fifty. Uh, well. You know, I'm a church. I'm, I'm not state, and I, I let the state handle their business, and I do my best to handle the church business. And so, here's something. You know, we'll get into the laws and whether they're broken or not. I tell you one thing: I'm certainly not going to 
uh, fight the police if they come and say we should um, uh, shut the doors or whatever have you. I won't let them tell my people. I'll tell them myself. But uh, we're not uh, some militia, you know, held up, you know, trying to break the laws of the land. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just a church, uh, and I'm just a pastor trying to do God's will. I would say this to you, Sherry, and, I, and, I, and I'm listening to you, and I hear your concern, and I can appreciate that concern, but I'll share with you that in the story regarding the the, the birthing of the Salvation Army, and part of the story of the birthing of the Salvation Army was there was a plague, and people were dying in Europe like flies, and the church went underground. The church literally went underground, and Booth and his wife and a band of believers uh, decided that they were going to be there for people who are poor, people that are hurting, people who needed food. That's how the Salvation Army was born. It will not happen on my watch here. I'm not saying that it's a good idea. I'm glad they were born. I served on their board. They're a great organization. But the church right now, this is our moment. Not our moment uh, to be fearful, but it's our moment to be helpful and to be a blessing. Right now, our president and our governors are marshalling uh, the armies of our country around this pandemic. Well, guess who else has an army? The church has an army of people. They're people who are hungry. I saw uh, a telecast just not long ago on how many people were literally standing in line in order to get some food from the food bank. Listen, we, we've got an army of people that can solve that problem. I don't want my people just, if you're going to the supermarket to buy yourself some food, buy George, get a couple of canned goods for somebody else and drop it off at Greater Lexus in our parking lot. If, if you you got to go for you, and we've got an army, why don't we enlist that army to be a blessing to people who are in need? Not a time yeah. for us to hide. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, people were just concerned. You know, I know Phil Abundance was doing their food outreach, and some of the volunteers took got coronavirus because they were doing that. And, uh, you know, I don't think it, it was deadly, but, you know, um, that was one of the downsides. And so um, just you know, your thoughts about, you know, because I think uh, there are other churches, not just your church, um, that have decided um, to to be open. There's actually uh, churches in Louisiana and other parts of the country that are, are considering, you know, their first, they say it's their First Amendment right to gather, to assemble, their First Amendment right to practice religion. Do you view it from that point of view or do you view it for more from a religious point of view? Uh, everything that I'm doing is driven by Scripture. Everything I'm doing is driven by my love uh, for God's Word, and I rest upon it, not the Constitution. Got it. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, my last question for you is: Do you, if people have said that a lot of church, the churches who are who are doing this, um, that it's a money issue? Is, is it a money issue because for you at all for your church? <laughs> If it was a money issue, I'd let more people in. <laughs> if it was a money issue, if it was a money issue, I sure would let more people in 
than 40 or 50. <laughs> no, it, it, this has nothing to do with money. Our people, so that you know, one of the things that I'm so proud of is that our congregation, they're giving online, they're giving in the mail, uh, is, is phenomenal. Our church have a Mr. B. And, you know, of course, there have been some cutbacks that we've had to do. Myself, personally, I'm not getting paid until the pandemic is over. I voluntarily decided to do that because I don't want any staff person to be in question of being having their food and being paid. And so the only person that's hurting in this pandemic right now is myself. But I do that willingly, and, I, and I'm thanking God that I'm able to do that. Well, that's it. That's what, those are all my questions, uh, uh, Reverend. Is there anything uh, else you want to add that maybe I didn't ask you about that you think, you know, is important to say um, as we head into Easter Sunday? Yeah, let me let me just say to all of those who who are on the other side of the issue of whether the church should be open or not. I love you. I appreciate your concerns. And it's just not a time for us uh, to uh, be caustic with each other. Uh, we're in the middle of a crisis, and normally when we're in the middle of a crisis, the best of us come out of us are the worst of us come out of us. And let's let the best come out of this. Let's agree to disagree. And please, if you think I'm in danger and you think that I'm putting people in danger, which I know I'm not, pray for me, and I'll, and I'll pray for you. Happy anniversary. I mean, happy Resurrection Sunday. And um, enjoy your services, whether you're in a building or whether you're going uh, on stream live. We do know that the church is not the building. We understand that. And so you can be at home and have the same impact as you would have in a church building. I understand that. Again, happy Resurrection Sunday. Is that what people were, uh, Reverend, is that what people were saying to you? And uh, I'm sure they were emailing or texting. I don't know how people reach out. Um, Is that what they were saying? This is not the building. That was the argument. Yes. Well, that's one of the arguments. The, the other one is, you know, the false argument of money. Un- unfortunately, people, that's the first, that's their default. The default is always the money. But, you know, anybody who knows my ministry understand that that money is something that we'll, we'll find a way to get, and we don't need to put people in harm's way to do it. I have sheep that are not of my fold <laughs> that, that, that needed money. That money would come in baskets. So, no, it's all about a principle. It's all about making sure that there never is a time when the doors of our church are closed. I don't want to have to answer that question when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I want to say I did everything I could to keep the doors open. So you're not necessarily encouraging people to be but you're saying our doors are open if you decide that this is what you want to do. Absolutely, you got it. No, I'm not saying, hey guys, come over here. We're we're open. No, no, it's just the very opposite. If you need to be in church, we will allow a safe number of people to be in church and worship and go home. Yeah. Are you telling high risk people like the elderly and stuff like that 
to stay away. Oh, thank you. Or he's just thank not you for asking me that. In all of my in all of in all of my writings to my church, all of my Facebook, uh, and you should probably check out my my Facebook page today. Uh, but all of my writings have been exclusive. The first way I start is anyone who's elderly, anyone who has pre-existing conditions and young or old, stay at home. Do not come. Thank you for that. I think I have everything I need. Um, You know, let me know, you know, again, if there's anything I missed, you know, you know how to reach me. Uh, But thank you so much, um, you know, for taking the time to to talk about this this issue. Hey, listen, I appreciate you giving me a voice. I mean, sometimes what happens is you get drowned out. There's so many people who descend about issues like this, and you kind of get drowned out, and you, you, nobody ever feels your heart. Nobody ever understands uh, what's motivating you. Uh, and so I'm grateful and thankful that you reached out to me so that people could at least hear my voice. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 a.m. on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast platform. All you got to do is search Flashpoint. Until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Thanks for listening.